0: Welcome to the Divorce Recovery Men Over 40 podcast that empowers men with the tools that foster hope, resilience, and growth during and after a divorce. Check it out. Welcome everybody out there to Divorce Recovery Men Over 40. We have Mark Elward on the mic, and he's been divorced, and. Has some uh, some knowledge to give to us, and has a little bit history with divorce and and recovering and things like that. So, Mark, go ahead and start, and I've got some questions for you. Yeah, thank you, David. I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to this discussion. So, tell us about your experience with divorce and getting custody of your kids and raising them and getting them out of the house and all that good stuff. How did you accomplish that?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a long story. Um, I'll try and abbreviate it, and maybe you can interrupt me when when you deem oh, fun. We want to shift gears. Um, It was formally over contractually um, in 2011. So like 12 years ago, and I had filed on in 2002. So it took almost 10 years. And uh, that's, that's why it's a long story. And, and I think it, it bears mentioning that uh, it was very contentious and the the contention was all instigated by my ex-wife. And even at the expense of my children, which is why I ultimately ended up getting sole custody of them. And I had, I had fired my own attorney, um, cause all he really did was give all my money away. And, um, and then I represented myself with some assistance from a friend of mine, who's an attorney, not a divorce attorney and not in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, but he helped me and I represented myself and I got custody of the kids. They were, they were already in their teenage years by that time, but, uh, they had, my daughters had had run away to my house and, and told their mother they didn't speak for 10 years. So it was really bad. And my son remained over there and he got kind of emotionally abused and they're all doing great today, but we had some, we had some anxiety and panic attacks. And there was, there was an addiction, uh, that's, that's behind us now as well with one of the kids. And, uh, so it was really, uh, turbulent, but I'm, I'm out the other end and, um, the kids are doing great, like I say, and and I'm I'm transitioning into a coaching uh, field, leveraging my 30 years of experience as a in the talent acquisition, uh, recruiting space. So we can go into any of those areas you want, David. But it's a really it's a it's a long, long, long set of stories.
0: So pick pick your spots. All right, I'm going to pick my spot. So let's talk about drive. You seem to be a driven man. You know, I can see that. I I can sense that through the microphone and the ill gotten <laughs> technical problems we've had earlier. Uh, how does your drive compare to getting through a divorce, move on with your life? Are you more driven now before you were divorced, or how does
1: that work? I don't know that I'm any more driven. Um, I'm I'm more relaxed. I I'm 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 enjoying what I'm doing a lot more. Um, but my, you know, that my children were getting, you know, emotionally shot at for, you know, Mm -hmm. 10 years and, uh, do you have kids? Yes. Three. Yeah. So, you know, uh, when, when someone threatens your child, you turn into a different person, you know, and it's, it's very difficult to turn that on and off, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I was, I tell people I was faced with this, you know, nasty situation and it's like, you got two choices, right? Get through it or give up. And I just, I was never the guy to give up, you know, I just, that, that option never appealed to me. So I just did whatever I needed to do and kept going as much as I could. And I, what I decided to do is I'm going to invest in my children's lives and their upbringing. So I, 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 um, I passed on monetary opportunities and, uh, and I lost all my money in the divorce. So it was kind of rough go there for a while but I didn't miss a volleyball practice or a little league game or a teacher's meeting or anything. I did all of that. And, and I, and I put myself in a situation where I could work from anywhere, um, you know, coaching people on zoom calls and over the phone from gymnasiums and buses. And so it was uh, so driven, uh, you know, I just, I've always, I get, I get a kick out of a sense of accomplishment and when I'm not accomplishing something, my mind wanders and that's when I can, you know, I can bring in a little anxiety or worry or any, any of those negative emotions.
0: Oh, definitely. So,
1: yeah. So I think my drive is really, cause when I'm not driving, you know, my mind wanders like all of us. And uh, I prefer to be
0: in that driving position, I guess. So when you're in that driving position, how do you relate to your uh, passion muscle? That was, that was the two words I kind of keyed on when I read your uh, bio what is your passion muscle what is a passion muscle
1: you know it's it's for me it's it's serving other people it it's um helping someone move from a position of uncertainty uh fear mm-hmm. some, sometimes shame um you know there's a lot of negative emotions that you can circle around money and status and career and job title and all that stuff so uh, and then you you pull them out of there with information, advice, coaching. And oh, when you wow. when you see him make the transition, and now you're talking to someone with a level of certainty, which creates happiness, right? They're more optimistic. It manifests itself right in front of you. And it's fairly immediate. So
0: that's what my passion is. So for my guys uh, over 40, rather, and going through a divorce, how can you relate some of those passion and those uh, career choices into recovering from divorce?
1: Well, you know, it's, they're, they're all choices, you know, since I've been an entrepreneur my whole life um, I didn't have to move from working for someone else to working for myself. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, I wasn't steeped in any of that normal fear and uncertainty myself. I just had to reshape what it looked like. So I tell people, even people that aren't going through divorce, you know, uh, most people I talk to, I guess, particularly those that are going or have just gone through divorce, you're emotionally at least a little bit broken down, you know? So you, what I did is I, you know, instead of making the bad choices, like, you know, let's hit the liquor store and let's go clubbing and meet another woman, you know, that I, and, and, and messing around. I, I went back to church and took up yoga mm-hmm. and um, not, kicked up my exercise notch uh, a little bit. So, uh, cause exercise is something I've always leaned on, but I tell people, you know, the first thing you do is self-reflection. You know, because most people aren't doing what they were put on this earth to do. They're doing something because someone else suggested it when they were young, and they stayed in a particular career path. And you know, you get to middle age, and you're like, "What am I doing?" You know. And I think as soon as you recognize that you're halfway home, uh, that brings a seriousness of purpose to to the to the situation. But I tell people. Spread your wings, man. You can do way more than you think you can do. And the the first step in doing that is giving yourself permission to do that. And then it, then it becomes, okay, let's, let's figure out how to tell your story so that when we get engaged with someone that might be a client or a potential employer, that we're not just vomiting words, which is what most people do. We have a clear story. It's compelling. It's specific. It makes people want to to talk to you again and talk to you more in depth and most people don't do any of that. They, they immediately just start going out, sending their resume around without any clear purpose, no passion, you know, and and um, it's a very frustrating way to go about, you know, taking that next step after divorce. So you got to collect your thoughts, man.
0: There's a lot of parallels between you and I. Contentious divorce, a very interesting EPS, uh, rebuilding, uh rebuilding in the end you know, look back, would you do it the same? I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, the struggle was tough, but it was worth it.
1: The only thing that I regret about it is I got the wrong attorney at the very beginning. He came with all kinds of references. He was very expensive. Uh, everybody said he was great. And I think I caught him at the end of his career. I think he'd already emotionally given up. Because we just enough. caved. Just wow. just, give, just give her the house. She's going to get it anyway. I'm thinking to myself, what kind of a statement is that? What? Mm-hmm. And so, but I got so deep in with him that I didn't have the guts to fire him and start all over. Until it got to a point where I had no alternative. You know, I was all out of money. I was done. And um, and the kids were just like, they, they were treated by the system like ping pong balls. You know, so... Um, I would have, I would have got a different attorney (laughs) or I would have fired this guy earlier. That's, that's probably a better way to say it. Other than that. No, I mean, I, the learning and the love and the growth and the, you know, the over overcoming hardship is something to be proud of, you know? So it's to me, all this stuff is just how you look at it, you know, how you respond to it. It's not what it is. You know, everyone gets steamrolled by
0: something, you know, so (laughs) it's your turn. turn. (laughs) So at least my next question, and you pretty much answered it, but how do you handle dealing with struggles and moving on with your life and having those big losses? How do you rebound? What's your plan of attack on that?
1: Well, you know, I, I've always believed in God and, uh, this didn't test my faith. I was actually glad to have my faith going through this. And, uh, and I have a good, I got a good support group. I've got a good family. I've got a good small, tight circle of friends. Mm -hmm. And so I, I leaned on them and, uh, hopefully not, you know, burdensome, but, um, everybody came to Batman, everybody showed up and, you know, it, it became evident to me pretty early on in my life that, okay, because I played a lot of team sports, you know, and it was like the, the concept of getting knocked down and getting back in the game. Well, I learned that very early, you know? So I think p- part of it was that. And then, you know, my parents, they're personal accountability people. They're not victims. So um, I never went down that road either. It was uh, of course, as you well know, there's, there's days when this was not true. There were days when it was dark you know, oh, but yeah. but as as a general rule, the ride was always okay, that's bad. Let's what do we do? All right. Let's, instead of saying, Oh, woe is me, let's do it, right? And put it behind us. So I, I think it's kind of that. That's that approach that helped me. It's almost like everybody
0: has a divorce story people that are divorced have a divorce story Mm -hmm. and as you grow and heal that divorce story changes so the more that story changes the better you heal what was your jump into that just rephrase
1: that a little differently clarify that question for me if you would david
0: you were saying that uh you were telling people to craft their story correct yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: When you're a man over forty, you're getting divorced. How can they craft their story better in order to heal? I
1: think it's a it's a similar thing to anybody that I would coach up. You know, we I think it's human nature. uh, Maybe not for everybody, but for most people to want to be to blame someone or something else. And particularly when you're coming out of a divorce, men uh, can can really get bitter. Uh, women can too, but um, because, you know, the way I was treated by, forget about my ex-wife, you know, she, she didn't like me, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, she, she, um, the system itself, uh, is still like it's in the 1950s, you know, and, Correct. and, uh, I, the fact that I was a, uh, a, a tall, uh, successful, confident, articulate man worked against me, you know, cause the system went, he'll be fine we got to take care of this poor woman over here. And and the other thing it did was it didn't ever take into consideration what was in the best interest of my children. So I think the biggest thing I would say to, to guys that have been divorced going back into the workforce or t- trying to pick up clients is don't bring that side of the story with you. There's no, it's, no, it's we'll no, it. no, no, blaming, blaming someone else or something else is the kiss of death in a, in a job interview, you know, it's almost like
0: you don't want to tell them you're divorced.
1: Well, yeah. I think I think the other thing I'm a big fan of in this space, in any space, is transparency. So I I never tell people to hide things. Yeah. I just think what I've become very skilled at over the years is when to say something, to whom to say it, and how to say it. And people mess the order of those things up. Like, yeah, well, you don't just open your mouth about how much money you want in the beginning of an interview. That comes later on, and it's initiated (laughs) by them, not you. So, um, you know, I've coached thousands of people in this particular instance, some of them divorced, some of them not. Uh, The rules, I think, are the same. Don't bring your baggage with you, you know and And impress me with your ability to solve problems, particularly mine, and tell me how you might do something like that. So people just need um, and particularly guys, you know, that are coming out of that kind of a hardship. They just need a little bit of direction and reframing.
0: It has been my experience. It's almost like a similarity between trying to find somebody who's lost a job and somebody who's who's gone through a divorce. You know, you have to pick them up, dust them off, and have them move forward. You do,
1: you do, and some people can do that, and some people can't. Uh, But there's a group of people in the can't that can be taught how to. You know, but yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, you you if you lose your job, your pride is your pride is pinged. You know, your skill sets are pinged, your confidence pinged. It's 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 pretty similar. You know, obviously the divorce was is much more emotional, but perhaps. Perhaps not, you know, perhaps not.
0: When do you know when you can't help a client? That's one of my questions. <laughs> How do you know when to give up and say, hey, maybe you're better served elsewhere? Well, so there's two clients
1: in the recruiting space. It's the company that's looking to hire somebody and it's the candidate that you're representing. And, you know, the candidate, when you get rid of a candidate is when you're, when actions are not consistent with, with words or if the candidate is unwilling to share pretty personal information, uh, for instance, how much money do you make? I, I have to know that before I represent you. Cause the client's gonna ask me, what's this guy make right now? And it's gonna, you're gonna fill out an application at some point. You're gonna have to put this down. Maybe you're gonna have to prove your income with W-2s. So let's not beat around the bush and 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 try and tell me the conditions that have put you in a situation where you're not making as much as you, you should just tell me what you're making, you know? And, uh, not everybody likes that conversation. So, but it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to send you a resume. Okay. I, I need that resume in 24 hours. And if I don't get the resume in 24 hours, you know, there's an inconsistency. That's the candidate side and the candidates. They're working with other recruiters, right? They have to tell you everything about what's going on. And when, when I find out that someone is, has misled me about what else they have going on, I drop them. So I guess you'd call that integrity. Mm -hmm. Um, On the client side, some clients just think that we're transactional. We're just going to take limited information from them. We're going to go out into the marketplace on a contingent basis. So we don't get paid until they hire someone. And then they, they're they unwilling to give you the information you need to do your job, um, or they have not prioritized their hiring because nobody likes to hire. The process is painful. And so people that are in positions of leadership have busy schedules, and it's very easy for them to go, I really need this guy right now, Mark, and then have some other emergency pop up. And they don't tell you that they just reprioritize the hiring process. And I'm out looking around, expending energy and time and my reputation, chatting with people. And when I come back, things have changed. I'll let that happen once. But if that becomes a habitual, doesn't matter. It's it's yeah. you can't, You can't chase fees. You can't chase money. You can't chase transactions. It's about relationships, you know, but they have to be reciprocal
0: thing. So we have a guy, we're 40 getting divorced. He's going through a financially hard time. What kind of advice can you give him? Because that happened to me. It happened to you. It happens to quite a few men out there. What kind of advice can you give them in order to right the ship or keep the ship from sinking?
1: Yeah. You know, there's, there's I never filed for bankruptcy, but I was close. And matter of fact, I think she did ironically, you know, and then she got the windfall at the end. But
0: um you we know are, wait, we are so similar in mind file like too. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're twins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, you know, it's it's the hardest part about the whole thing for me was I was always and still now back am. Pretty good. My dad was a fighter pilot and airline pilot. And one of the things he taught me when I was a kid was, you know, he would say things like, Mark, what 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 do you think I would do if one of my engines caught fire? And I said, I don't know. And he goes, Nothing. <laughs> and and the lesson was when when bad things happen or emergencies or tragics, really bad things happen, you have to stop and go, okay, I can't react in this emotional state. How do I get myself back to a state of objectivity? And I've developed a skill that allows me to do that very quickly. As a matter of fact, my innate reaction now is, oh, that's really bad. Pause. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Give yourself a second. And sometimes, David, all you need is a second. And sometimes you need need like 15 minutes, but it has to be uh, a purposeful
0: exercise. Does that make sense? Yep take a pause and got to break away from it yeah 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 definitely that's interesting man but your dad was a very uh smart guy he's a very he's still around
1: he's 95 he takes no prescription medication and he's still driving his own car so i'm uh damn <laughs> I'm, I, I got some good genes david i got some good genes
0: you got so. some cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is my dog in the background and the mailman. That's okay. Um,
1: Authenticity, man.
0: uh, It's uh, interesting. You talk about uncertainty and gain clarity. What is that about?
1: You know, most of the uncertainty that I bump into is people don't know what to do next. I was just on the phone with a client yesterday and I think he'd said to me four or five times in a row, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. And so I help people understand what their options are. And, you know, I think this is one of the reasons I think coaches are so valuable when they're good. And 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 because they can help you see things that you can't see. And um, it's just, you know, let's take the circumstances, let's talk through the circumstances, let's find out where there are opportunities, let's find out where there are challenges and fill those gaps. And um, it just it you can just watch it happening. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. You know? And the other thing that people are, we're all stuck in our, in these habits We we do things the way we do them because it's the way we've always done them. Mm -hmm. And um, that doesn't factor in technological advancement, economic uncertainty, changes in the marketplace, the introduction of things like the internet and artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. I mean, stuff changes fast. So if you haven't looked for a job in 10 years, chances are the way that you want to look for it today is very different than the way you wanted to look for it 10 years ago. And people don't, their, their brains don't update. Somebody needs to nudge them. So, and and the clarity is just, you know, 30 years of experience helping all kinds of different people in the technology field, find work. There's very little that I haven't seen when it comes to how do I get from a position of, of uncertainty to a position of
0: clarity. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope that answered your question. Yes, that did. Okay. All right, Mark, that was interesting, man. You made me think, man. You're dead. You know, we really appreciate your time and and your knowledge and and thanks for getting me through this, man. It was it was brutal at first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. We got we got through it.
1: We got through it. Yeah, no. Thank you so much for having me, David. Wow.
0: I, I I really appreciate that. Um, Oh, yeah, we're gonna have all your information at the bottom of the uh, podcast. Your um what's it called? The sevenpillarsglobal.com. You want to talk about that? Seven pillars is
1: just the entity that I invoice through and and the it's an it's an LLC. That's why uh, and yeah, it's it's a website that's kind of if you want to find out about me, you would go to sevenpillarsglobal.com and it's the number seven, mm-hmm. and pillars is plural and or my LinkedIn profile, those two are synced up and those you'll they'll take you to my YouTube channel, it'll take you to my other social media sites. And so if you can if if you're interested in connecting with me, I would say go to sevenpillarsglobal.com or my LinkedIn profile, which is, you know, my my last name followed by my first name after the LinkedIn URL.
0: And um yeah, what's in the what's in the LinkedIn cheat sheet? What's what's so special about it?
1: I just kept bumping into people that weren't using LinkedIn properly at all. And, you know, when you're engaged with someone and you're helping them make a career move or, you know, negotiate them up in some capacity, Mm -hmm. change their circumstances, particularly today, no one's going to talk to you before they look at your LinkedIn profile. If you're a professional, if you're an executive, you know, so the cheat sheet just says, this is how you, this is what you should do when you build your profile so that when you begin telling the world that you're looking for a change, people can come to your LinkedIn profile and it'll be consistent with wherever else they see you. Um, so there's just it's uh, it's very helpful for people, and mm-hmm. uh, I give it away
0: because it's a it's a nice way for me to start a relationship. All right, Mr. Mark. We'll definitely. I'm gonna visit, visit you again, man. You got some knowledge. You dropped some 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 stuff today that I have to think about. So, I please appreciate do, please now. do. Talk to you later. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you.